you were one of the reasons, you were the influencer in my decision to go in that direction too. Because I saw how you used it, I saw how you interfaced with it, and although it seems slightly cumbersome at the beginning, it's not at all. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Welcome to Making Chips, where we equip manufacturing leaders. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about business tools for leaders. So Jim and I often get asked how we have the time to do this podcast and to manage all of the other tasks, basically, that run we have bit, to run do. other businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's a lot of work. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about on the podcast is some of the tools that we use in order to manage our time and manage our, our, our tasks and all the things that we need to get done in a day. Yeah, I think it's important that we share those management tools that we use to get through our day because hopefully our listeners will give us some feedback. Maybe they know something better that we're not using or implementing with, within our structure and they can share that with us. I agree. And you know, before we actually get into this, but we're going to get into this quickly, um, we're not going to do any kind of manufacturing news or anything like that. We do have a message from our sponsor. Hey, Jim, I know that your company machines metal, but somebody was asking me the other day if you guys get into machining plastics. Yeah, Jason, that's, uh, we, we certainly do machine all types of metal, and occasionally we do machine plastics. It's a completely different skill set to machine plastics. As in metals, there's many different grades of plastics and significantly different approaches to machining it. So when you buy your plastics, do you buy them from your steel supplier? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, you know, I've shared with you and our listeners that I buy my metal products from onlinemetals.com. And in addition to having all types of metals, they have a really robust assortment of plastics to choose from, from like acrylic sheet to UHM round stock. And the navigation on their website, oh my God, it's so easy to use. It shows types, shapes, grades, and then it filters down on every click. That's great. As we've shared on prior episodes, Online Metals is actually a part of the ThyssenKrupp family, and they're offering yeah, they our listeners are. a 15% discount for trying them out. You've only got two days from the publishing of this episode to use that promo code. So use the promo code CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, at onlinemetals.com until July 31st, and stay tuned for other promotions in the future. Wow, that's great. Bonus from ThyssenKrupp. Thank you for offering our listeners that 15% discount. But yeah, you're right. They better hurry and uh, start typing in onlinemetals.com now. And just remember, fill your basket. And then when they check out, type CHIPS in the promo code field box and get that 15% discount on ThyssenKrupp and making chips. Bam. So the first tool that we want to talk about, because this one's actually, you know, it's something that everybody's been using for a long time and, you know, it's really important to our day-to-day communication is, is email. 
I actually have a very strong opinion about this. I've been using what's called Google Apps for Business for a long time. How Gosh, long? It's, it's got to be close. It's actually got to be close to like, I don't know, seven, eight years. Wow. My company was actually one of the beta testers for Google Apps for Business, which they started testing that for business users, you know, after the, the Gmail application came out, but not too long after that. So, yeah, and, and no, I, I have to tell you, you were one of the reasons, you were the influencer in my decision to go in that direction too. Because I saw how you used it, I saw how you interfaced with it, and although it seems slightly cumbersome at the beginning, it's not at all. No, it's not, and it's really helped to increase productivity at Zenger's, and and actually between you and I, it's actually helped with our communication too, because one of the things that we can do using Google Apps is that Jim and I, even though his email address is at carmachine.com and mine is at zengers.com, we can actually chat with each other using our Gmail application, our Google Apps for Business application during the day. So it actually helps Jim and I a lot to communicate about this podcast. No, really, um, everybody that's listening, it's a seriously easy way. You don't have to send an email. It's not cumbersome. It's just boom. It's like we're talking back and forth, like Jason's sitting right next to me, you know, if I got a question. And then again, if he's busy... And I, he's not answering me right away. I know he's busy. He can't answer me right away. Otherwise, he would. So Right. So let's go through just a couple of the different applications that, that you can use using for Google any, Apps. Oh, for Google no, Apps? No, just for Google just, Apps specifically. because okay. and, and there's some okay. competitors, and we'll discuss those. So you know, with the Google Apps, of course, you have your, your email, which is, you know, um, it's formatted very well. So it's, it's really easy to use. Everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people are very used to the format. You could do chat. So I can actually chat internally with, um, with my team and just ask very simple questions if they're at their desk, and they respond right away. It's a lot better to than to chat than to use email for quick questions. Um, and then, of course, we have shared calendars, which helps us to you know communicate those shared events very quickly. And then um, we also, at times, use the um, the Google Drive in order to share documents. Um, yeah, well, and that's, I, that we we need to talk. We'll talk about that a little later. But uh, right, yeah, I agree. I think you know what you know what I like. One of the most the things that I like the most about the app is a the fact that we can chat. B, I love uh, the calendar invites is awesome too. Though I use that quite a bit. So alternatively to the Google Apps for Business, there are other products out there. Like I think Microsoft has their Microsoft 365 and there's probably some other products that are competitive. Which I have. Which I have. Yeah, which you, you use as well. I do. Um, but I think that the biggest alternative to using Google Apps that, and, and something that I've you know, turned other business owners onto is just using that instead of having a server in-house. I don't know exactly what the advantage is to using a server in-house, but I do know that having an in-house you know, Microsoft Exchange server is very costly. Well, Maybe you know not just to buy it, but is, just to maintain it. If your hardware goes down, you're done. You're dead. You have no email. Yeah, so, and it could, it could get bounced back to whoever sent it to you. Right, and so that was one of the whole reasons why I converted over, because we were having so many hardware issues. As soon as that hardware would go down, you know, the network adapter would fail. My email flow stops right there. My business literally stops. So with the Gmail, it's constant. It's all web-based. It's fine. And everyone always says, well, what if your internet connection goes down? Tell me how many times your internet connection has gone down in the last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could always get access to it, whether it's on your phone or whether it's, you know, in your office. I mean, there's always access to the internet. Yeah. And now that I said that, I'm going to have an issue tomorrow, but... Uh, but at least you can still get your email on your phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on. To me, the 
a very close second to that application that I use on a, on a daily basis is Evernote. Now, Evernote, I like to refer to it as my digital brain. I've got so many things going on that if I think about something, I could forget it about 10 seconds later. So I put every one of my thoughts, all of my notes on everything into Evernote. And it's just my central repository for literally everything that I, that, that I do. And it's such a powerful tool. Yeah, I mean, you know I what, love it. You know it. what I like about it too? And you know, Jason and I use that a lot too. And what we do, he's absolutely right. If you have a thought that comes over while you're driving, I know you're not supposed to, but you can just click the, the microphone and speak it into whatever your note is. Then you can attach a date. You can put it out. If you, you can put a reminder to it. I can share it with Jason, that particular thought that I, I'm thinking about at that time. So Love it. And the interface on the on your phone app is awesome as well. Everything is it synced. Syncs. Yeah, yeah awesome. everything is synced between all of your devices. So Evernote calls himself a workspace, which I guess is a, is a good title considering it is so multifunctional. But, you know, yeah, you can you could speak into it and it, it could record what you spoke into text. You can also do a recording. So I've done recordings like a just like a digital recorder when I was at a conference before. One of the other things that I use for it um, most frequently, aside to be in my digital brain, is also that I use it for task management. So mm-hmm. I've got kind of a formula that I use in order to manage my tasks. So I have one button that I can click and it tells me what are all the things that I need to do right now? And then I've got another button that I can click that says, you know, what are what are the next things that I need to do? What do I need to do tomorrow? And then I can click another button and it tells me all of the things that I need to do that I'd like to do in the future, but not aren't necessarily as pressing as as some of these other issues. So it's it's really good as a task management tool. Scenario, I was at the gym the other day and I saw this big commercial fan that I thought, oh, this would be great to have in my shop. I took a picture of it and put it into Evernote so as a reminder for me to purchase that fan, I still haven't done it, but... Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I could, we could talk about that too. Right. I'm sure you could sell it one to me, right? Exactly. So the other thing that you could also use Evernote for is just to you know store important documents. So it could be anything. It could be a... Um, can you attach like a Word doc to it? You can't necessarily attach a Word... I'm, I'm not sure, actually. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know if you can attach a Word document to it. But what I was referring to is that you can actually take pictures of documents. So I was actually in a meeting where a document had to be signed and I saved it into, into Evernote. So now I have a, a digital picture of that document and it tells me exactly what time it was that we signed it and exactly where we were. So well, everything's got a date stamp on it nowadays, anyway. But that's great. It's it's awesome. So you know what? I think we should move into. So Jason, I think we should talk about OneNote for just a little bit because that's Microsoft's version of Evernote. And you know, I just I just picked up my new Surface Pro three in the last few days, and it, OneNote comes standard as an application on the device already. And it's got a cool little pen that you can just actually write on the screen and it'll save that, convert it. Or if you click on the top of the pen, what it does is it takes a screenshot of that page that's up on your device and it puts it into Evernote for you. So you don't even have to think. You just click the top of the pen, boom, screenshot, boom, it imports it right into Evernote. So again, I'll update you and our listeners as I learn a little bit more about how the functionality of OneNote works. I really can't make a comment on OneNote just because it, as a it's Microsoft new. product, I don't use Microsoft only products. I use mostly Macs. So yeah, you'll have to inform us on that one, yeah, Jim. We'll see. The third most important tool that I use in order to keep my life sane and get as much done as possible is Dropbox. Yeah. So Dropbox is 
basically a storage facility for a lot of my files, but it, but it goes beyond just being a storage facility because like Evernote, I can sync all of my Dropbox files amongst different devices that I have. So I can sync it between my cell phone to my Mac laptop, and I actually also have it syncing to my server, which is a Microsoft server at my office. So it syncs all of my files between all of my devices so I can um, get access to the same documents no matter what device that I'm using, and it really makes my life simple. And you know what's what really cool about that, too, is you know you cannot typically email an attachment greater than 10 megabytes. So what, what's cool is you could put that particular file, if you want to share it with somebody instead of emailing it to them, you can put it into a Dropbox and then just email them and share that particular file so they have access to that as well. So in our business, we share a lot of big files like prints, CAD files. We put them into dro- the Dropbox and share it between us so we can exchange those files, folders, and important documents in between us. So that has been a huge, huge thing. Let me ask you, are you paying for their monthly service? Yeah, I actually pay for the monthly service. Well, I think it's a yearly service. I pay for the yearly service for both Evernote and Dropbox. I just feel that there's a, there's a benefit to it. Well, I know. Drop- I mean, the, the cost is is pretty minute compared to the, some of the overall business costs, and there's a lot of advantages to using that. Well, there's a limit on capacity for Dropbox, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and once I'm, you hit that threshold, yeah, my limit is so high with the paid subscription that I have. Right. It's, t- it's ten bucks a month. It's not a big deal. No, and and I suppose that with Dropbox, you can even have you know a shared folder with a customer where you exchange you files. Can. I've done that. You can yeah, have a shared folder awesome. with you know like your your coding facility or another secondary vendor that you deal with or something like that. So there's a lot of usefulness there. I mean, Jim and I use the Dropbox. We have a Dropbox folder for the podcast where we put documents in there, so that way when Jim puts a document in there, I'm you know I get a little notification that he's done that, and I can review that document. And then we also have a shared folder with Carrie and Aaron, our editors. And so they can access that folder and they can post the show notes and the finished files into that folder and they can get the raw files from us. So it's a really convenient tool um, for doing that. How would you compare it to Google Drive? Because I've got my own personal feelings about Google Drive. About Well, I think that Google, um, like with some of their products, they're really unsure about who they want to be. And, and I feel like maybe Google Drive has changed and they're trying to be more like a Dropbox. But when I moved away from Google Drive, they weren't quite there yet. And Dropbox works so seamlessly yep. that I couldn't see myself moving away from that. What I hated with Google Drive is if you put a, a Word doc in there, you would have to convert it to a sheet or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, forget about it. It was another step. No one wanted to get involved in that. So I really hope, because Google is a leader you know, within that particular industry, they really need to get that together. They need to make that the navigation easier. Yeah, I mean with with Dropbox you can you know you could just put your file formats in whatever file that you want. I mean I could put, you know, instead of a Word document, I could put a Pages document, which is the Mac file, and I could still get access to that if I'm on, you know, a Microsoft product. Do you have too. to convert that pages file to a Google You don't have to convert anything with Dropbox. No. Nothing. No. No, I'm talking about a Google Drive. Oh, I've never tried to do it on Google okay. Drive just because I wouldn't no, want to. No, Dropbox is seamless. There, there, there's no problem at all. Now, I have had conversations with another owner of a manufacturing company, and he's always very leery to use some of the products that I use. So he wouldn't necessarily want to use an Evernote or a Dropbox or a Google Apps for Business. And I have specifically talked to him about Dropbox because he likes the functionality. However, he has some concerns about security. So he does a lot of government 
print machining work, and he doesn't want to share some of those prints and other information on a Dropbox where he knows that it's being saved on a server that he doesn't have a control of. Yeah, a remote, a remote server. server. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I the, his business is a little bit different, so he has to, you know, use different processes to save files and stuff like that because of the nature of the, um, you know, military work that he's doing. Right. Well, sometimes they won't. They won't even allow you. to No, they won't. A exactly. Storage system at all. It's right. But I mean, impossible. he's even. Yeah, he's even concerned for like you know personal files, and you know, I kind of have this assumption that. Every and then maybe this is I don't know if this is a valid assumption or not, but my assumption is that any text message, any email that I send, any folder that I save, no matter where it is, that somebody Anybody, somewhere yeah. in in some office has the potential to read it because you know it, that's just you know I, I just feel like that's the the nature of the of the world today, and so I don't I don't really have there's redundancy any, and everything right. I don't have anything to hide, so yeah. there's there's really nothing that I'm too worried about as far as that goes. Right. No, I agree. You know, I, I think iCloud because you're a Mac guy. Why don't you elaborate a little bit about iCloud? You, obviously, you don't use it. Well, iCloud is used indirectly with a lot of the applications that I use. It, it, it's like just on how. Like, well, how does it work? okay. So if you use a like Microsoft's native Note application, which is sort of a competitor to Evernote, but the functionality is just you know like one percent of Evernote's functionality. Um, it actually saves that information through iCloud. It's just basically the general cloud-based backup system for your Apple products. Like, I believe that you can save your the, music, your iTunes library, or yeah, I believe pictures, you can save some of that photos. stuff. Yeah, well, I say my photos are so if I take a photo, it automatically backs it up to Dropbox without me having to do anything. But iCloud, I guess, is just the answer to Dropbox. But once again, the functionality is a little bit different, and it just doesn't work as seamlessly for me. I mean, so you're I really, saying when you take a picture, you have it automatically uploads to your Dropbox. That is correct. I did not know you could do that. Yes. Obviously, it's somewhere in the settings for your Dropbox. That's correct. Okay, got it. Yeah. See, Jason's teaching me something. I'm always teaching you something. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's Especially why technology. Hang, that's why I hang out with you. <laughs> exactly. One of the reasons. One of the reasons. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've experimented with a lot of different applications. I mean, I've used a lot of them, and you know, just as an example. So I've used you know Mac's native Note application, and I stopped using it. I've used Nosebee for task yeah, management. That, I stopped using good. it. I even got you to start using Nosebee, yeah, but you know, yeah. we moved away from that. So there's a lot of applications that I've used for different functionality, and I've really honed in on these three. And I'm like, these are the three that I'm going to focus on because you can have a best in class application for every single thing that you do, but then you're just going to make yourself crazy with different applications. So to me, these three really work to keep my life in order. And, and I think that they help me to be a lot more productive. Well, the problem is, Jason, too, is the technology is changing so much and so fast and rapidly that you're, you get used to using something one day and you think it's fabulous. And then all of a sudden somebody says, wow, here's something else. You know? Exactly, and especially when it, when it's an unpaid product, I, you know, I feel like you're going to get a lot more value out of a paid product where they're going to be um, constantly innovating and and making the product better and easier to use. Right? Yeah. Do you use Outlook at all? I know it's a Microsoft no. product. Did you have, well, do you, obviously you have a PC based. We have a server that's a PC based right. only because we have to because of our ERP system. So do you have a small Microsoft server on there? Is that what is that we have a couple? We have a couple of Microsoft servers at our office. It's not handling your email at all. No, not it doesn't touch my email. Gmail. Doesn't even touch my email. Okay. Yeah, so those are the top three applications. And, you know, if you have any other questions about these applications, I would suggest, you know, making a comment on our website, 
calling us, just getting in contact with Jim and I and asking us some more questions. I can elaborate on some of the ways that I use, you know, Evernote in order to, you know, keep my productivity high. You know, I do have some processes that I go through that, um, that really make my life a lot easier. Yeah. With our crazy uh, schedules, it, they, these three things in particular really help Jason and I um, communicate, keep everything in line and manage a few businesses at the same time. Yeah, I even have um, an application. I mean, this is kind of more of a secondary or tertiary application, but, you know, I even have an application that I use to listen to my podcast because it, you know, helps me to kind of hone in the podcast and listen to them in, in a manner that's easier for me as opposed to iPhone's native podcast application. I use a product called Downcast, so that works a lot easier. And I know that you use Stitcher, I believe, right? Stitcher and Podcast Addict. Too. Okay. Those are the two that I use on Android. Got it. So. Maybe someday we'll be talking about Mac versus PC. Yeah. Or Android versus iPhone. Yeah, if people are interested, we could talk about that. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. You know, we're really kind of, you know, thinking outside of the box by talking about some products that are just topics for the podcast that are not specifically manufacturing. But, you know, Jim and I being manufacturing leaders and talking to other manufacturing leaders, they have questions about these things. So we figured it was relevant. applicable, I relevant to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think everyone needs to talk about what they're using and what's working for them. Because again, we're trying to equip these leaders with what we know and what's working for us at this time. Yeah. And if you have something that you use that you think, you know, is better than some of the products that we just talked about, we would love to hear about it. Or if you have a way that you use one of these products that you believe should be shared with the Making Chips audience, please let us know. Sure. Give us a call. What's the number? 312-725-0245, or they can make a comment on this episode in the comments section. Very good. Also, there are Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter feed as well. Exactly. Well, with that, bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. There was something else that you said that I was really important. Email? No. Forgot. Google Drive? No. I guess we're going to have like to edit, edit this part out. Yeah. Um.